Hi, this is Stephanie Hansen, and you are listening to the Makers of Minnesota podcast, where we're talking to cool people doing cool things. And this particular episode is sponsored by a very cool product. It is called Craft Notes, and it is our friend Matt Dogwillow, and he has put together a passport that introduces you to tons of cool Twin Cities businesses. There's offers in there. They do events if you subscribe to the app. So check out craftnotes.com to get your information about all the different passports they have. And we are here at Lake Monster Brewing, which is on Vandalia Street in St. Paul. And I'm here with uh, Matt Zanetti. And Matt, it's kind of weird that I'm embarrassed to admit I've never been here before and I'm a St. Paul person. That's okay. Yeah, it's weird. We live like right down at Selby and Dale. And I think I've been familiar with this building because they used to make mattresses kind of in this area, right? Correct. Um, so how long have you guys been here? The tap room has been open. Our production brewery and tap room has been open since December of 2015. So it's been about four and a half years. Sorry, three and a half years. Wow, that's fantastic. And I did have your beer this weekend because I knew I was going to be interviewing you. And I was up at a restaurant in Ely called Insula and had the IPA, which was very delicious. I liked it a lot. Good. Thank you. Um, How did you get into the beer making business? And you've got a couple of partners too, right? There's three of you? There are three of us. My... we have the CFO, spreadsheety guy, and then the brewmaster, Jeremy, is the spreadsheet guy, and Matt Lang, the other Matt, is the brewmaster. Um, my wife, so do you want to hear the story? I do. I, do you know where the Minnesota Landscape Arboretum is? I do, 100%. Okay. I love it there. It's beautiful. Okay, so fall of 2012. Okay. It's beautiful colors. Yeah. My my, uh, my wife and I are like, all right, we're going to drive out, see the colors. It's on it's on five, so you're heading into towards Victoria. Um, the the, the drive driveway for the Arboretum is like a quarter mile long or something. The, the, the turn lane is not a quarter mile. It was completely backed up. So we were not the only people that had the bright idea to go see the colors. Well, as we were approaching said packed turn lane, we saw a sign for a winery. We're like, well, there we go. <laughs> so on the way to that winery, um, which is Parley Lake on the north side of Lake Waconia, on the way to that winery, we saw a sign for another winery. So we basically, the afternoon turned into visiting two different family-owned wineries, both really lovely, very different. Okay. They had an apple orchard. They had hay rides. Yeah, you could cool. pick pumpkins. So whichever one that one is, also like older, like the Parley Lake was brand new, but one of the sons was behind the bar, and he was talking about, like, my dad retired. He wanted to start a winery. <clears throat> so me and my brother were on the East Coast. He called us back. We hired a vintner from France. <laughs> Fast forward a little bit. I'm out. So my wife and I, just, this is super cool. Like, I was born in Napa Valley, um, and after my father got his doctorate at Berkeley, and he was like, F the man. So he <laughs> moved up to the hills in Napa. Actually met my mom, had me... He had to get a real job, a job, but we made some money. So he started working at Domaine Chandon. After like a couple of months, they were like, what do you do, buddy? And he's like, ah, oh, you know, I went to Berkeley. Basically, after like four months, he was the vineyard manager. Okay. We moved here when I was like five. I love so Domaine Chandon, by it the is, way. Yes. <laughs> sparkling wine, not champagne. It's fantastic. But uh, basically, folks moved here when I was like five. So I consider myself, I'm full Minnesota. Sure. Part of California, but whatever. I'm from Minnesota. Fast forward, my dad now lives in western Wisconsin. He actually has passed since, but uh, he had about 70 acres in western Wisconsin. It's the glacial drift area, like rolling hills. He has yep. a beautiful spot. And so I was like, Dad, we should start a vineyard. It'd be awesome. And he was like, no, that's a dumb, dumb idea. It's like, you can't grow good grapes here. Like, there's no, we'd have to import some guy. I'm like, yeah, but these other guys did it. And he's like, yeah, like, how much are they paying that guy? Like, to, you're going to get some French guy to move to Minnesota to try to make wine? It'll beat your head against the wall. So as we were just talking, kind of farm to farm to table, farm to plate, farm to glass, like, well, we could grow hops. 
So that winter, I approached Jeremy, who's also my brother-in-law, um, you want to start a brewery with me. We did a bunch of market analysis. We did a bunch of spreadsheet stuff. He's the um, spreadsheet guy, right? He's a spreadsheet guy. Um, we're like, yep, neither of us know how to make beer. But he was like, yeah, this sounds great. Um, this is definitely a viable business. This could work. So through a family friend, we were put in touch with Matt Lang, who is the brewmaster and yep. our other, the third, the third, the, th- the, the three-legged stool, as we like to call it. And so the f- that was fall of 2012. But Matt Lang... He grew up in Plymouth, um, went to Wyzetta, then he went to college at UW-Madison. So he was still in Madison um, living with his, his girlfriend, wife now, who was um, about halfway through her MBA at UW-Madison. Yep. So we're like, well, we want to get product to market now because, I mean, the writing was on the wall, that there's going to be more breweries coming. The taproom law had passed. Indeed, had just opened. It was like, okay, it's, it's the groundswell will, is, is upon us. So we started contract brewing out of Sand Creek Brewing in Black River Falls, Wisconsin. It's literally like two hours east of here and smack dab halfway between here and Madison. So Matt would wake up early in the morning in Madison. He would drive to Black River Falls. He would brew alongside the head brewer and brewers at Sand Creek, making our first two beers, which is the Empty Rowboat IPA, which you had in Ely. Empty Rowboat, okay. Yep, and the Comoclaw Pilsner, which was were our first two flagship beers. That was October 2013 was when we first had product to market. December 2015, we we opened our production brewery here. So then all the beer starts being made in Minnesota, right here in St. Paul. So it's very, it's very organic story how it sort of evolved. Yep. What, I, what I like about what you just said is, so I was a business owner and you talked about the three legs of the stool. I think it's really a much better plan if each of you on your th- in your business can be a specialist in what you do. So it's hard for one person to be the creative, to be the idea generator, to be the bookkeeper, to be the the brains behind the organization, also to to have skills and operations. I love that you kind of knew that right away, that you had each of these parts. I'm assuming that your part is sort of the sales and marketing piece. To an extent, I'm I'm operations, I'm I'm the COO. Um, Like I said, Matt's the brewmaster, Jeremy's the CFO. Those are just acronym titles, I guess, except the brewmaster. But I mean, Matt does all of the beer production, all the forecasting, all the recipes, all the, you know, he has two assistant assistant brewers that he manages and teaches. And then he looks at the inventory that's at how much does our distributor have? How much do we have here in the tap room? And he makes sure that the beer kind of keeps flowing. What percentage of the business comes from the tap room versus what you sell in cans? It's a it changes. During the summer, the cans going out the door go way up. Yep. We just sent out in six pallets of cans yesterday and 14 pallets last week. And so it's like it all in all it's probably about 50/50. Okay. I'm yeah. surprised when that it's so balanced. When you average it out. Yeah. yeah, when you average it out. We have a very if you have not been to uh, is even now have been to our tap room. Hopefully you will come visit it when we're open. Yeah, and I want to ask you about it because you're in a refurbished area that's real cool. How did you find this space? And were you the anchor tenant here or how did this work? You that is the exact term. When I looked at the space, I always assumed that my brewery would be in Minneapolis. I live in South Minneapolis. So right over the river, take Marshall to East Lake. I live in Longfellow. So hence, when I was talking about my picking up and dropping off my four-year-old, his preschool is like 12 blocks from here. Right. So it's like I keep my commute down to next to nothing. So that was also intentional. I didn't want to... I looked at places in Egan, um, St. Louis Park, Roseville, Richfield. Um, I looked at almost 50 locations. And it came down to a number of factors. Actually, not that many. Um, Commute, location. Yeah. I mean, I was willing to drive further, but... 
um, accessibility. Like there's some really, I've been to some really fantastic breweries, but like even Google had a hard time getting me there. Mm -hmm. And then other breweries that I get to, and I have to drive around the block seven times before I find a spot to park. And nothing against, they have beautiful spaces and anything, but for me it was very important was like accessibility. We're right off 94. There's a green line, the light rail train stop. It's like an eight minute walk from here um then we have like a 180 spot parking lot you probably noticed as you walked up despite the the rain as you're i saw you walking quickly um i have a 120 seat patio um the inside of the tap room seats my capacity is 363 so i can fit a lot of people in here when i have a private saw, event space yeah like it's all, nice all these things i, I also had the uh, how many uh how many people can you put in a private event space 60 seated uh 90 mingling okay um it also has a has a it's easily cordoned off. It also has a private door to us. The side we have a courtyard patio and yep. we have the front plaza patio. So the courtyard patio we can also isolate part of that for a private event. So you can have literally 120, 130 people inside and outside. That's cool. Yeah. Um, when you came and looked at this building, was it a warehouse? What was it? Yes, because it, it looks like they've really built it almost with you like working on it with them. Well, there was. I, it was funny. The, the architects that I ended up going with when they I had decided on the space the architects that i ended up going with when they walked in um it was greg tyler greg was like well you're you're pretty much done he just he saw the brick he saw the weird janky corrugated ceiling yep. the, the windows so what you see is these windows those were all the original openings but they were all cinder blocked over so there's some big metal doors in the front and there's a cinder block wall that kind of went down the middle put the windows in knocked that down there was also there was at, when i came and looked at it there was no parking lot there was no windows this building didn't even have plumbing yeah so the original owners of the whole Vandalia Tower complex. Again, having me sign that lease, and I think subsequently a couple other people signed leases because they were like, hey, there's going to be a brewery here. That in turn allows them to go to the bank and be like, hey, look, we've got these leases. Yep. <laughs> and so, so then they can some get some upgrades. financing and they can so they put in the windows, they stubbed in the plumbing, um, they put in huge bathrooms for us. And Can we talk about the graphic design of your logo? Like who did that or why did you decide on the name Lake Monster Brewing? Well, originally started a good uh, friend, uh, my partner Jeremy and his wife, uh, my sister-in-law Megan, they have another couple that they're good friends with. They both have three kids about the same age. They hang out and the kids are all playing. And Jeremy was like two, uh, it's Jeff and Amy. Mm -hmm. And Jeff Nelson is a local artist, illustrator. So he gets full props on the original, like the name and the first two beers and the art that went around those two. Um, When we we opened up this place and we were going to start putting our beer in cans, you know, give Jeff all the credit. But we then went to, we have a creative agency, Public Works, that we work with that does all our can design. And it's like all the graphics that you see on the mural wall over there. And then on the cans, they do posters for us. They do window clings and yeah. Um, This is a funny question to ask you, but so the beer culture is fairly young in our town. It's it's old and young, right? Because it's heritage, heritage. (laughs) And now it's it's sort of a young industry because it's been revived since the the bill was uh, turned over. And yet all of these men that I'm meeting, a lot of them men, some women, but not as many, you were all sort of like hipster 20 year olds and now you're all like young dads and family people 
I'm 44. Okay. I'm not young. <laughs> you're you're young I'm, enough. I'm, I'm young enough, but I'm, you're I'm young not. Enough. Tw- 26 was a long, long time ago. <laughs> but when you look at how the business has changed, do you think you've changed just in the way, like a lot of these tap rooms are really family driven. I, I, If you'd have told me 10 years ago that I'd be standing in a tap room with women that have snugglies on with their little babies drinking a beer, you would have thought I was in Wisconsin. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. That's a rip on Wisconsin. Wisconsin bunch of My whole drunks. family lives there. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I don't you know, know you, what I'm saying? No, if you look across yeah, the way. Yeah, you've got yeah, high chairs a, and... Yeah, we have a kid area. You see the little oh, table? Oh, okay. It's a whole, chairs? yeah. My like father-in-law made those little chairs. Cute. Yeah, I mean, I have almost $200 worth of magnet tiles, mega blocks, books, yep. puppets. Roll up on a Saturday afternoon. If you Google Family Friendly Brewery St. Paul, you will see. And do you think that that's part of your um, magic, actually? It's just, it, I when I started a brewery, I knew that a tap room would be, be a big part of it. I was holding my 11-month-old son when I took the mic from the lieutenant mayor at our grand opening, said a few words, started to cry, so I gave <laughs> her the mic back. <laughs> um, so it was, it, it was not intentional. But like I said, if you roll up on a Saturday afternoon, you're going to see 10 families here with it's, three-month-olds, two seven-year-olds. It, and there's, there's rules. There's rules. Uh, there's no yelling. Crying babies is fine. There's no yelling. There's no running. Okay. <laughs> like no, no yelling one, and no running. No one, no one can run. Not the adults and not the kids. Can the dogs come too? We do allow dogs. Has that become... Um, I'm trying to think of the right word. For some of the breweries, it seems like they've become dog parks versus dogs parks with beer versus breweries with dogs. Yeah, it's it, it was it's an it's an odd thing, I think, because you you don't you don't bring your dog to the restaurant. You don't bring your dog to the bar. Tap rooms are just this sort of different animal. <laughs> so it's almost say. like they're a gathering place in the way that they are in Ireland, like your local pub, yeah. your community rooms. It, it's feeling like the the tap rooms have taken over sort of, dare I say, church. It's like Ooh, your community <laughs> area. It's your community gathering space. It, it certainly feels like that to me in a lot of these neighborhoods. Yeah, we have that for sure. Yeah. It, also due to our private event space, but also just to the, the size and capacity of our space, we have, today's Thursday, yeah, we have three different events going on tonight. How do you manage, like, um, just some of the basics of business? Like, you guys are, uh, how many employees do you have at this point? 18, I think. <laughs> are you um, somebody that is managing healthcare for those employees, or is that something you guys are all independent and you're all family people? I'm assuming you're out there buying your plans. Yeah, and so part, one of the things too, it's, it, I feel odd because I'm I've, I'm on a couple committees and I get asked to come to these things because like for some reason I'm I'm a I'm like a, a moral beacon because we pay our employees like well above minimum wage, and for our full time employees we offer um, like a gold package health partners plan. So it's interesting. It's employee retention. Like that's the thing that I it, that frustrates me about. I realize it's expensive, and not all businesses can do it. But for for me, I can. I, I make less money. And A lot fi- less. Yeah, it's fine. Because um, then I can sleep better. Because my employees are super happy, and they're not going to leave. And it, they still leave. They got plans and sure, life. Sure, and, and find other opportunities. Happens. And you're yeah. happy when they do God if bless. they're the right employees for you. It's really interesting to hear you say that because we, as a small company too, always offered health care benefits. And then I got cancer. 
Oh, boy. And I was like, I brought our whole plan sort of down, you know. But thank God that we had made that decision early on. And it, when I look back on the amount of money that we would have made personally, yeah. if we wouldn't have offered health care, it's astonishing how much more money I would have in the bank. But I'm like you. I wouldn't have been able to sleep. And then the person that needed it the most was myself. So it's kind of interesting that I'd made that decision. Are you okay now? Yeah, I am. Eight Good. years later. Wow. Good for you. That's, yeah. That's hard. It's a it's a whole nother journey that you go on and I wouldn't wish it on anybody, but there are definitely some gifts I got from it. And one of those is to do the things you want and to be a good person and to live the kind of life that you have with intention because it's so short lived. You know what I mean? You never know when my mom used to always wait to win the lottery to do something. (laughs) And if I win the lottery, I'm going to go to Europe. And if I win the lottery, I'm going to do this. And then she got cancer and she died young. And I think I'm not waiting for the lottery. Like I'll figure this out. I might have to charge it on my credit cards and take a (laughs) slow time paying it off, but I'm going to Europe. I'm going to go sailing. I'm going to do the things that make what I feel the memories in my life that I want to have because I don't know how much time I have. You, you got a window into that, it's, you know, young. I was 42. No, I was 41 when I was diagnosed. Oh, I'm glad you're in remission. Yeah, so you're, thank you. You're out of remission at this yeah, point. They call, it, um, they call it remission. I'll be in remission, I guess, until I'm not. Okay. It's with breast cancer. They just never know. And a lot of cancers, honestly, you want to grasp onto this idea that you're well and you're going to be fine. But you, look, you honestly don't know. You look good. Thank you. <laughs> yes, you look very healthy. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, when you talk about you being kind of a beacon or someone that I'm, is, I'm not a beacon, <laughs> but that people think you are because you treat your employees well and you try to have employee retention and you try to do the right things. Are there other um, businesses or Minnesota makers that inspire you locally? I, I I hadn't given it a lot of attention or thought before I opened this place. And then after you do open something like this, um, I've subsequently met a handful of other business owners that, that I've been yeah pretty impressed with as well. Yeah. Can you name any just off the top of your head? Uh, the Workhorse Coffee folks. They're just down the street. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've met with them a bunch of times. That coffee shop was a couple of different coffee shops. So I'd encourage people to go back in there. It, it's really a lovely coffee shop in yeah. there. They do a really yeah. nice job. Yeah. Um, any others? that you'd like to mention or products that you find yourself intrigued by or using? I mean, just right around here, Jill and Deb at Urban Growler, Motor Brewery down the road, my competition. No, it's a very friendly um, industry. I'm actually going to podcast with them in a couple weeks. They're lovely people. Yeah. yeah. And also just they treat their people well. They make some great beer. Um, I also have a really lovely space and it's great to have good neighbors. I mean, so. Where do you like to eat? Like when you're going to go out and, and I have you a have a kid. four-year-old. <laughs> so I do a lot of the cooking. <laughs> What do you cook? In the summer, we grill a lot, a lot of vegetables. Yep. Yeah. My, you, my son really likes fish. So Where do you buy your fish? Coastal. Yeah. They're pretty, <laughs> they do a good job, don't it's they? It's in my neighborhood, so. Yeah. yeah. And they've expanded. Are you at their, like the original location over by Minnehaha? Is that where you go? Yep. It's yeah. pretty cool. That's a lovely one. And they've really built it out in yeah. the last couple of years. And they have meats too. I think those limousine, uh, don't they have limousine beef there? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. The, the focus is definitely the fish. <laughs> when you talk about um, building community, what do you think as a business owner are the important things that you do that do that? Like, why do people want to come here? Because we make really awesome beer. 
<laughs> is it just the beer or is it more than that? No, as you stated when you when we started the the podcast, you said you'd never been here before, but you know, I there's Now I can't wait to come to yeah, be honest. Yeah, we have a really really lovely space. That we have a lot of seating, but the tables are spread out. It's it's you know, the surfaces are kind of hard, but it's still pretty pretty homey and comfortable. My staff is second to none. I mean, I have so yeah, we're going on three and a half years and I have five of my 18 have been here since the beginning. That's great. Yeah. And That's one really of the great. original employees just got, we just promoted him to El Jefe. He's All right. the top dog now. So I like he's it. going to be running the whole tap room, which is a is a pretty big deal. I mean, like I said, we have three events tonight. We have, yeah, there's a lot that goes on in here. Yeah, we have every a food, day. Yeah, food truck every day. To schedule all that, the event space we have an on the LakeMonsterBrewing.com website. Um, at the top, there's an event space button. Drops down, and there's a submission form. On any given day, I'll get one to twelve requests, and so That's all those have to go through me, and then through the tapper manager. And it's like, oh, you want to have a wedding on a Saturday? To we want to close the place down. Like you don't really want to pay that much money because it costs. Too a lot. Play. Yeah. yeah. Too expensive. But if you want to have a rehearsal dinner on a Friday for you means. and your 40 people, like, come on in. When you do, um, when you have people that come in and they're using the Craft Notes book, can you tell? Like, do they show you their, they obviously show you their app or do they actually bring in the book? Both. Yeah. And um, why did you like being a part of it? Uh, Matt has a Matt had a pretty good sales pitch. To be to be to be honest, because there there are a handful of other. Yes, he's got are. some competition mm-hmm. in that in that kind of passport. Um, Space. Go to these places, yep. um, get this book, get this deal off this, uh, for off that, get buy one get one, whatever it is. The presentation of his book is it is nicer. It's beautifully it's, designed. Yes, and in the, and the 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 vendors that are in his books are I think, a little bit more well curated than some others. And I think like community partnerships are important to the people that are in the book yeah. more so than just like hey yeah I'll offer a two for one so you can bring some new people into my brewery I think there's a collection and a community that he curates that I think people appreciate I think so too and I, it, I, I, I will be curious and people kind of often refer to they bring up the fact that oh the beer market's saturated there's too many breweries like some are going to close it's not the other thing and some could say the same about you know companies offerings like Craft Notes mm-hmm. but I don't think that there could be some drop off. I think there's some that might not be profitable enough to where they just will stop doing it because it's not worth their time. And some are national and you don't yeah, really know exactly, it until absolutely. you start to dig a little bit. Yep. There was one I saw the other day. I was like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder where that's from. And I thought if that was a good maker story and I started digging and they do it in, you know, 22 other markets. And so yeah. it's their opinion about what is good in the Twin Cities, but they're not necessarily from here curating that selection. So yeah. All right. Well, thanks for your time today. It was super fun to come out. And next time I'm in here, I'll wave so that you know I finally made it. <laughs> I'm trying to get out of here before we open. <laughs> oh, really? Every yeah. day you get to do that? Lucky you. Yeah. El Jefe, so I'll wave to him. Pick up so I can go pick up my little guy. I'll tell him congratulations on his new job. Awesome. When I see him. All right. Thanks. Thank you.